Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, Join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. Right. And just like fish, we don't go on at the exact ticketed time. It's 1 p.m. Eastern, we tell you. We advertise that heavily. We push it hard. But we're going to give you the extra three minutes. We want that tension to build. As Brad Sands once said on a little podcast called Undermine, it's all about audience control. We don't want there to be a rush to the doors. We want people to be able to hang out, grab another beer, maybe another coffee. Maybe a croissant. Maybe a bit. They want people sandwich. sitting in their seat, gripping the one in front of them, wondering when it's going to start. Or they said this show was going to start at 1 o'clock. No, I timed this perfectly. <laughs> we are here. We are hanging out. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast on tour. You know our faces. 
little little worn out after two nights of fish. Some of us from the Are couch, you talking about me, Brian? Yeah, that's I'm talking about me. It's been a, it's been these nine o'clock nights. It's pretty late for me. I can't handle. Well, that. I'm definitely <laughs> feeling rough. I mean, there's I'm in desperate need of a shower. I yeah, I'm I'm definitely feeling rough. So it's fair if it's about me. Fair. I'm a little whooped you, up. You are having a great time though, aren't you? I am. You got your 1230-19 tweezer hat on to celebrate the first MSG tweezer since 1230-19. It's pretty amazing. I know. I didn't wear this hat last night, and I really should have, but it's okay. Seems they played another 12:30 tweezer for the ages. <laughs> it was a, it was a good tweezer, and we're going to talk about all of that. We have another just banging cast of characters joining us here today. We have Lucy Montgomery, we have Mike Lowe, and we have David Goldstein coming back two pod about fish. This is going to be awesome. We had a great conversation yesterday with the dudes from Wook Plus, plus young Ryan Storm, who gave us an amazing breakdown of Paige's keyboard rig. Didn't even ask him to do it. And he just no, went really ahead cool. and just went off on a tangent that we were like, keep going, man. Keep going. No, keep jamming. Just keep jamming. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome that he did that too, because yesterday I had a spot where I could actually see the keyboards. And I felt like I knew so much more about it. And it was so fun to kind of, especially during that like duel, which we'll talk about when Trey and Paige were like playing to each other. And it was just so fun to watch him. And after learning so much from Ryan, and then I got to meet Ryan on the street. We had this like serendipitous Ooh. meeting. Yeah. It was, we were walking after the show outside. I ran into him, him and his dad. So it was, it was pretty awesome. We meeting. spent so much time talking about Trey and his rig uh, that you know, Paige is not getting his due. So it's He's about not. time Ryan showed up and sorted it out for us. I was going to say meeting people you interact with on Twitter or across the podcast in real life is always a great thing. It's always a lot of fun. Um, Dave, who's going to be joining us. I, I remember meeting him for the first time outside of Wrigley field before the fish shows. And we were like, dude, and we ended up becoming very, very close friends. Uh, Mike and I have been talking for probably the last three or four years. He He's the reliable last east coaster up recommending jams on friday nights and it's i, I thank him last man standing, huh? the last yeah and I, and you know i'm out here in mountain west time so like i'm all, i'm up wondering where the rest of you know humanity has gone to and then there's mike posting you know some amazing slightly obscure fish jam that i'm like yes that's what i need to listen to at 11 30 at night you know like the 12 12 95 disease i'm like no one else is recommending this and then mike recommends it and i'm like this is what i need to hear as i'm staying up an extra 30 minutes knowing i'm going to pay for it tomorrow but it's what we do this is what we do so um i was going to say though ryan storm meeting him in person it's like he knows everything about you when he meets you and he's got like a rundown and a checklist and it's like, dude, it, ma it makes you feel really good when you meet him in person. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It was one of those awesome. I've had so many of these moments this weekend. It's just been like so cool meeting people um, that know the pod and just getting to see new people that I've met. So it's just been amazing. It's fun. It's fun. This is the fun thing about actually going to see fish shows in concert rather than just watching dinner and movies in isolation or couch touring. Um, we're going to talk about all of this and more. We're going to dive into the 1230 show of the run. This was going to be uh, 1230. It is instead 421. Um, this show, this was That's dedicated like to 
it is it is kind of math. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to bring math or stats to the table here again. Um, this was my mom's birthday yesterday, and and I know she was really really amped up about this show. She she didn't care, um, but you know she was amped up for me and for my brother who is there. Um, I want to tell you before we jump into this, a couple quick bits of business. Please please please, if you're listening out there, you're hanging with us. Subscribe to Osiris Media on Apple Podcasts for. HF Pod Premium, Undermine Premium, lots of other great premium options. It's just a great way to support independent podcasting, which is what we do here. You know, we're just hanging out, telling you our thoughts, and we'd love for you to support us here. Um, we also have two sponsors that we want to tell you about. Who wants to tell us about Jonathan? You want to tell us about Sunset Lake? Yeah. Can I do it? All right. Do um, it, Sunset Lake CBD's line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead. Hi. Uh, or the young fish fan searching for a mellow body high. Smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis without the paranoia, anxious side effects. Uh, nine different strains from this year's harvest uh, mean there's something for everyone. The Hawaiian haze is awesome for an outdoor show. The cherry abacus is best for the end of the night. All the flour is grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD farmers. Even better, Sunset Lake CBD's farm-to-table approach gets you great pricing on premium CBD flour by shipping it directly from their farm to your door. Uh, I got to say, I like that cherry abacus. It's nice, chill smoke. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I, it's really good keep stuff. that simple. We got, we got a lot of guests, so I'm not going go to go on and on about it, but uh, it's pretty It's good rad. stuff. And y'all should check them out today at www.sunsetlakecbd.com. Use our coupon code HFPOD for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. We have another sponsor that is really killing it this week and hosted a really cool Osiris event yesterday. Megan, do you want to tell us about the bar at Moynihan? Yeah, this place is amazing. The bar at Moynihan is in the new Moynihan Train Hall, which has been totally renovated. I hadn't been there yet. It's gorgeous. They have tons of food options too around the bar. So you can grab like a decently priced, I had like a really delicious Middle Eastern bowl and I just brought it over to the bar and the bar is kind of in the central of this food hall and it's just it was such a great vibe. They're playing fish and they had a great DJ playing other music too and they have this exclusive Sierra Nevada foam Pilsner available. I saw RJ drinking it. I'm more of a tequila girl, but they were making me amazing tequila drinks. <laughs> so I highly recommend whether you want a cocktail or a beer, check the bar out. They're really great like, kind of pre-post-show hub for fish because it is literally across the street from MSG. It's just so convenient. They are all week going to be a pint's throw away from MSG. So you can hop off the Amtrak, the LARR, the subway, and get a few beers before or after the show. So head to moynihanbar.com or follow the bar at Moynihan for more details. I was there yesterday for an Osiris event. It was super great. RJ was there. A bunch of Osiris people were there. Matt was there. We finally got to meet in person. That was really fun. So yeah, I would definitely recommend everybody check it out. It's an awesome place to hang out before the show. Love it. Sounds sweet. Got to have, got to have good stuff to, uh, mm -hmm. to make up for the, the, the disappearance of American Beauty and, um, uh, Rattle and Hum. And this is much better food like too. Like stuff. they have like they had everything around there, like pizza, Middle Eastern. They had some sushi. I mean, it's like everything's great. Pensy was pretty rad too. Let, let's Pensy was great, you know, and and it was extremely convenient and just like right a good there. place to yeah. run into your crew. And it sounds like this is uh, this is the new thing. 
So, it's a new place. New spot. Pretty cool. That's awesome. All right. Should we bring on our illustrious guests and I recap suppose. this show? I think we should do that. They shouldn't Why be here. They're here. Too. I mean, we may as well. We are going to bring on Lucy Montgomery. Hey, Lucy. Hey there. How's everybody doing? We're doing hey well. How are you? Good. Awesome. Hey, Welcome, Welcome to the pod. Thank you. We are also going to bring on Mr. David Goldstein. David. Hey, everybody. Hey, folks. It's awesome, my buddy. This is Kevin. This is my other head hey. back here. Hey, Kevin. Kevin. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, guys. I'll just be like Yoko, just sitting by watching. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out. Perfect. <laughs> we'll be oh, we're we we'll also going to bring on. Where I can get back, he's bouncing his checkbook. <laughs> we're also going to bring on Mr. Mike Lowe. How are you, my man? I'm good. How are you guys? Good to be here. Hi, Dave. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Good to see you, good to see you all. How, Hello. How is everyone yeah. doing here today? Everyone good? So good. Yeah, better than I thought. What are <laughs> Before we get into the meat of the show, what are our resolutions for the second 2022? I'm sorry. I'm going to stop making this terrible. The new new show, year? But the new new year. To rage. <laughs> To rage, I like that. That's a good joke. That's a that's a, that's a good resolution. Um, Lucy, I want to start with you. How long? When when was your first fish show, and and where are you at at this point in terms of like seeing the band? Oh gosh, so this is going to really date me, but my first fish show was twelve twenty nine eighty nine. Um, I was in college. Yeah. (laughs) So if you can do that math, it's a little scary. Um, This is awesome. Yeah. Um, A friend of mine's older brother was at UVM and sent us a tape and then they played over Christmas break near my house and it was $5. So we thought, why not? And uh, a bad, a good habit, I guess I'll say was born. So (laughs) I've been seeing them pretty steadily since then, you know, Obviously, they've had their breaks. I had two kids in 17 months, and I had to take a little break, um, but pretty much consistently since then. Their last MSG run, we actually celebrated. My husband, my now husband, and I saw that show together, and it was our 30th anniversary of seeing Fish, so that was pretty fun. Oh, that's awesome. That is unbelievable. Oh, man. I love the stories of people who started seeing fish. Like, I feel like you can date it as like pre-1993 where you could kind of just be handed a tape, handed a ticket, be like, yeah, sure. I'll check this band out. Like anything after that, it was kind of like, I really want to go and see this band. But you come from the era of like, sure. What what else are we going to do tonight? And then you're hooked for life. It's an amazing thing. (laughs) Once tickets got to be $25, it was like a commitment for it was a commitment. You had to plan for it. But the five dollar ticket—that's that's a very—I I can't even imagine that world. That's incredible. I wish um, I had some kind of fun ticket stub from that show, but I don't. I did buy a t-shirt though, and we bought a, a cassette. So. No, oh my god, that's so cool! That is amazing. We're we're gonna have to. I want to go back in time and and talk about that show and maybe maybe like dive into that deep in a separate pod. That is that is an amazing story. Um, yeah, maybe you'll come back. Yes, I sure. think we're going to have to do this. David. I do have um, a tape from uh, the next time they played. A friend of ours taped them. Um, it was the, it's the Ardmore Music Hall now, but I don't have, I've never really heard a tape from that night. I think only one set, even the set list is available. So, Is that 90, 1990 when you saw it? 89. Oh, yeah, the oh, 90. Again, the oh, 90 yeah. show. Yeah. From, okay. oh, we just talked about that. Yeah. yeah when we, we did the 1990 rundown. We did. We did. That's amazing. 
Um, David, I bu- I'm, I'm going to try to guess because we've talked so much about fish together. Uh, 628.95, is that your first show? Yep, in his first show. Mm-hmm. I got it right. Anyway. Yeah, 628.95, Jones Beach, Axla 2 opener, big 35-minute nice. tweezer. Um, last night for me was number 86. Right on. Right getting on. There. Uh, right on. That was 69. Very nice. <laughs> Very good show. Mike, how about you? What was your first show? Uh, well, I was a little bit more of a late bloomer. Um, I was aware of the band um, in high school and growing up in Florida in the mid-90s. And a lot of my friends were. And, in fact, they played a free show at the band shell, um, which then the Harry Hood was on the live one release. Um, I got yeah. to that show and everyone I knew went to, but I did not. So I, <laughs> it's my greatest regret. Um, and then uh, my first show was 8897 at Tinley Park um, in Chicago. Um, not bad. Yeah, I, I had a, um, we had a guest artist, Sugar Blue, played the harmonica. But Andrew Hitz did tell me after the show, he said that, you know, that this was the worst show of summer tour. <laughs> so I don't really good to about say that, that publicly. <laughs> this is how he is, though. But, um, but uh, I, I was really fortunate, and it sort of real, reeled me in. And uh, in '98, my second show was at Riverport, and that's really what sealed the deal. And saw Farm Aid and Neil Young, and that nice. said, and then went to my first UIC run and, and MSG that year. So uh, last night was my 130th show. All right. So oh, it's cool. getting up there. <laughs> um, and uh, I've seen more shows at MSG, I think, than any other venue. I think that would have been my 20th show last night at MSG. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's sort of my story. And I've got some other fun connections to the band, which sort of um, might come up or might not involving John Fishman. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of how I got into the whole scene and. Um, he met my sister-in-law in 96 in Europe, and they became oh, very wow. good friends. And um, we've sort of been friends with him for, you know, 20-plus years at this point. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. He comes, yep. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a gem. <laughs> he is. Was she on the Europe tour that summer? The funny thing was is she was in Europe with two other good friends just there, traveling, backpacking, doing the train thing. Um, and ran into fish tour um and no I think way. in italy i think it i think the show was the corda major show which is they played in basically like With a Santana barn show? yeah and at the end of the show they opened up the back doors and everybody left the show and went swimming oh yeah that was that was actually in sesto calende sesto calende yes yeah, that's there. the one that's yes. the one yeah i went that's- swimming it was amazing Yep, and then they got on the. They actually, I think she rode the bus to the next show. As a matter of fact, and like Trey was like, "Hey, you want to hear a song about a train? This is train song. We just wrote yeah. it." You know, <laughs> so the stories are endless. Yes. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Too cool. Well, so last night, um, so all three of you, I'm guessing, and Megan included, uh, you all were planning to go to the New Year's run back in December. And so this was booked initially as the 1230 show. This is now moved ahead in time, basically four months. Um, what were your thoughts, Lucy, starting with you? What were your thoughts going into this show? Did, were you there uh, for night one of the run? Yes, I was actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's people always say this, but it's like the night before the night can be the night. 
And yeah. so um, I, I actually had pretty high expectations. I thought I liked the uh, Wednesday night show a lot, but it was, you know, a little on the mellower side. And I, you know, you could tell really from the first note last night that it was not going to be that way. Um, so I was pretty pumped. Yeah, you immediately get that fish lore of Susie Greenberg is in attendance for her first fish. <laughs> I would have figured she would have gone to a show in the 80s as well. And like, I always kind of assume she's a part of the scene. But you'd think it would have come <laughs> up at some point. But to, to have it be nearly 40 years into their career and her going to her first show, that sort of like we had our TV set up on our back patio. My wife was finishing making dinner for our kids. And I was outside. And she goes, is Trey talking? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, why didn't you tell me? And she comes running outside because it's like, <laughs> that's like, Trey doesn't come out on stage and just talk, you know, no. he comes out yeah. and kind of introduces. So what were you guys all thoughts kind of uh, as that was happening? That seemed pretty cool uh, from the couch, at least. It was really. Hey, Trey is just yeah, saying whenever Trey's chatty, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good sign. I gotta say though, when they when they started forty six days, I was wondering if Lee Fordham was there too. <laughs> right, I had, had that thought when I heard that. I, I mean, like, oh, they're gonna name drop everybody here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought yeah. it was a, I thought it was a classic way to start a very sort of classic night of fish um, with an old school banger. Basically, um, I don't think I've ever seen a Susie opener until last night. Uh, so it was. It was fun. Um, I, I definitely the energy, had it. The energy was off the charts for the first, the first few tunes of that show, um, um, and it even took myself. I, I, it took me a while to sort of get settled in, and I don't. I don't think I really did until about Wolfman's brother. Um, yeah. To be yeah, honest, the first, it's just me. The first quarter, you get Susie, Forty Six Days, Plasma, and then the Man yep. Who Stepped in Yesterday, Avenu, Man Who Stepped in Yesterday, and it's. You know, like the man who stepped into yesterday, this is this was the first version since nine one twenty one, but it's only the seventh since the start of three It's rare enough that like it's it's a real special thing whenever you get it. Um, it's not really like super rare songs. It's just songs that like I don't think you expect to open a show with like those four songs um, no. going in a row. Um, Dave, I know that we were going back and forth talking about the plasma last night. What were your thoughts on that from a musical standpoint? That that seemed like the really cool like the the like the best like early moment of the show to me. Yeah, that was kind of one indication that um, early key change, early type two, and just relative to a lot of the stuff we saw at night one, I thought the jamming felt effortless. Yeah. It felt like there was no strain. It was just coming freely like water. Um, I will tell you, we were in section 101. The sound on Wednesday night, for whatever reason, was not very good, which is odd considering how much they played the garden but it was completely dialed in from the first note last night. That made a huge difference in our end. But yeah, with um, that plasma, that was the fact that I can't recall much of that plasma just speaks to how incredible much of the rest of the show was. That, that yeah. I was to it. But that was, um, it really very much portended well for the rest of the evening. I feel like that's where the, well, we're going to say it. That's where the hose started last night. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I actually was thinking about twelve thirty eighteen, uh, and the crazy plasma they played that night last night, and then I believe Trey even referenced plasma a couple times in the second set. We can get into that, but um, it came back. <laughs> um, there were kind of callbacks and hints throughout the show. Yeah. I felt like you so know many. from a lyrical yeah. standpoint, totally, and um, then some and foreshadowing too, maybe. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was a. Uh, I was really happy they played that. That's sort of like one of the new, really groovy. Um, you know, it's this is great. Con- yeah, the 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 groove bass jamming in that, um, I really I, I really enjoyed. Um, and and I felt like if we're looking for any sort of larger themes so far in the run, you know. Trey seems to be, I was talking to another friend about this. Trey seems to be backing off from his uh, synthesizer effects uh, kind of early on in, in, in this run. And it seems like he's really trying to deliberately play these very clean uh, melodies and like, you know, like really clean ideas. And you heard it right away in plasma. It would return in Wolfman's in ghost in the second set as well. Um, Lucy, as the, as the resident fish fan <laughs> who's seen fish in the 1980s, um, how many do you know how many times you've seen the man who stepped into yesterday like do you know like is is this song I don't, I'd have to often? I'd have to go look at my stats to, but I um I really don't know actually so sorry it's about that It's such a song that um, like every, no it's every time but it's always it, a I'm treat to like, see I I feel like yeah. um you know even when you've seen it a, a bunch of times before it just it always sort of drops in a little unexpectedly and just feels yeah. good yeah, well, I feel like I've only seen like two or three versions, but every time I see it, it it, t- it takes me back to just like old like Gamehenge early pure fish in a lot of cases. I love it. I've been John, seeing fish Jonathan. since 1994, and I've never seen the man who stepped into yesterday. Wow! Stop it. Seriously? Yeah, wow. it's one of those like things, one yeah. of those anomalies in my stats that just they don't play that for me. Oh man! So good play, good thing for all of you. I wasn't there last night. So you <laughs> that actually, there was a few moments in the first set that to me really indicated that there was something special going on. And Trey talking definitely, whenever he talks, it's just it it indicates he's feeling loose and and happy and um, relaxed. And I feel like when they dropped into, I thought Plasma was awesome. And then when they dropped into the man who stepped into yesterday, that's a song to me that's just it's a special song and it's only played when they're really feeling, feeling it. And it was beautifully played. And the party during Avinu Makenu was just like awesome. The whole place was just, I mean, I can't tell you how many times last night I looked around MSG and it was just, the energy was just out of this world. I mean, the whole place was just balancing and like exalting in joy, like over and over again. There were so many moments like that last night particularly during the second set, which obviously was such a monster. You're right. It kind of dwarfs this set in my mind. We were actually, for the first set, up in the back of 223, and it was behind the the boxes, and the sound is actually pretty muted back there, and it was, it was kind of challenging for that first set. I felt like it's just this pocket that's kind of like tucked back, and there's no direct speaker back there, and because the boxes are in front of you, you don't get the big speaker push. Um, so I fixed that for second set, um, and I was much closer, uh, and I had an amazing spot and tons of room to dance, and the sound was just incredible. But I really felt like that was definitely, like, the moment when they played The Man Who Stepped In Yesterday that they kind of entered into this zone of just everything they played from then on to me was, like, really locked in, and yeah. they were just really connected. I think me also, like, there was uh... – no, I was just going to say to this very day, seeing 16,000 people singing uh, Vinu Malkenu takes me back to being 13 and having to learn that song for my bar mitzvah. Thinking, wow. <laughs> yeah. Mom and dad, here's this really song we sing in the high holidays. The fish sings it, so they're okay. 
<laughs> oh, no. so awesome. Right. It's also not really important anything bad here. Yeah. Not to get political, but it's really important to hear those kinds of songs and to celebrate that in this day and age. Yeah. So Absolutely. I just I feel like that's that that's a mm -hmm. a thing that was played at my first show and I grew up in Michigan in a very um homogenous environment and seeing that show in like very Christian dominated Michigan Michigan to hear that song played was just really powerful to me and has always stood yeah. with me. So I really love to hear that and I felt like that was an awesome moment. That pumped a lot of energy into it too. I mean, it, they, yeah. it's not like they were low energy prior, but you could really feel it coming through on Aveno. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's the it's the interesting thing about like the way that they structured the set list going into this like this part of the show was nothing was really shocking. It was just all really good song selections and everything was played really well. And I felt like, you know, night one definitely had some moments that were really rusty and rough around the edges. I think specifically, I, I won't get into it like I did yesterday, but, but Reba was, was really challenging on the ears in, in some areas and for them to play the man who stepped in yesterday, which to me is a song, like I said it a couple minutes ago, it just sounds like pure fish to me. It sounds like if, if you're just going to like, say to someone this is the sound of fish like that is one of the songs i would play for them and it's such a you know foundational composition from trey and for him for them to play that and play it as well as they did kind of reset things and transitioned us into this second half of the first set where you get two stalwarts that turn out incredible performances and another rare composition um that allows the band to really showcase you know how, how they're playing um really quick just we are we are live right now mike i just want to let you know i'm not able to hear your mic if you want to just recheck your mic settings we'll be able to um hopefully hear you and bring you on can you hear me now i can hear you now there we go okay sorry about that yeah. no i wanted to i wanted to chime in about the man i mean we, we can move on for sure i've had a sort of a weird connection with that one too and seen it a number of times um and you mentioned the Nassau show. That was actually my birthday, <laughs> uh, twelve one nineteen, and that was it. Was really crazy to get that show, that and other songs on that no repeat tour on that night. So yeah, um, and then another one that really stuck out was the Alpine ninety nine show. Oh yeah, where they, where they played the man in the first set. It was it it's sort of a short first set, uh, but that was a big feature in that. So yeah, I totally agree with everyone. It brought up a lot of game hinge. Um, feelings and then it was really interesting when they played esther later you know just more old song composition and um i think you said this brian but i feel like um trey was really emphasizing his clean lead playing last night um with very little effect um and just really just laying back at times and then just coming up out of the fray at the exact perfect time um and fish is an amazing band that like making the simple things sound magical, like yeah. an arpeggio yeah, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. a scale, you know, and, and, and Trey did that a lot. You know, we'll get into the, the My Pet Cat business um, later. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to emphasize, yeah, it was interesting that he's not been using as many of the effect, like the low-end stuff from last year. No, and I wonder, like, and I'll pose this to you guys as like, we're moving into like the bigger jam portions of the show, like, like Wolfman's and ghosts, especially here in the first set. I wonder in a sense, as I'm thinking about it, like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, Oh man, 
every time you went to the synthesizer pedal in 2021, it was like magic. And like you and Paige would just connect and it just, it created these soundscapes that were so unique and so new to fish in some cases. I almost wonder now if utilizing the synthesizer pedal was just a means to an end to yep. get him to think more about riffage and like to get, to think more about these like clean and complete riffs that now he's applying without effects. I don't know what Jonathan, what are your thoughts on that as a guitarist? synthesizers are just so 2021 man um (laughs) (laughs) no i I think i think that uh there's something to what you're saying i i think that really just trey doesn't doesn't sit still so he's um you know he worked through that we're gonna hear it i think we have heard some of it um and we'll, we'll keep hearing it you know i think in more artful and tasteful uh deployments just not every jam which yeah. is i think good because he's got a lot of tools he was leaning heavy on that now i think he's you know got it set to where he can go there if he wants but we can or we can get something like the chalk dust which i'm trying as to great use. i mean as great as those effects are i felt like they they frequently entered the same space yeah. um totally last year. um mm-hmm. and it was you know he'd start doing the you know the arpeggiator thing uh-huh. and um but it was sort of like, I can play lower than you, Mike. Here, check it out. <laughs> that <laughs> like, was cool. I hope to see that again. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you're totally right, Jonathan. I think he's going to find a way to mix it in more tastefully and artfully and maybe in more unique ways that we haven't experienced yet. So we move into this three-song suite that ends the first set. We get Wolfman's, which the last performance in Mexico was was stunning and was great. A really cool, a little bit more standard approach, but with a lot of color around it. Uh, we get Esther, and then we get Ghost to close things out. Dave and Kevin from the show Vantage Point. What, what were your thoughts on this segment of the show? Man, the Wolfman's the one word I just keep coming back to describe the whole show was effortless. Whereas Wednesday, you could see the seams, you could kind of see the gears turn in Trey's head. This was just the Wolfman's. It was light. It was funky. It was effervescent. Um, one of the more enjoyable ones I've seen live. They also built a quite a rage smoke show at the end. Um, we're both saying Esther. I think that was the first time I've, I've, I've seen Esther. Wow. I think. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe so. It's a little funky. Like there's a lot of lot of words, a lot of little riffs, a lot of you know, still plenty well done. Never ever going to complain about seeing something old school like jumped it like that. And the ghost, it just completely crushed, and yeah. it had like a tweezer reprise yes. style jam that was taken wholesale from um, the incredible Korean they played in San Francisco back last October. Yeah. That's right. The and then, right, and it kind of ended in just an onslaught of spinning blue and red lights in a spiral, and it was just a cacophony of noise, and it was. It was night and day from last night. Would you say, okay, I checked my watch a lot last night. I didn't tonight. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucy, what were your thoughts on this uh, segment of the show? Yeah, so I thought the Wolfman's was great. I mean, this my guy sitting next to me left and came back, and, you know, it was the song. He's like, "Is what song is this? I'm like, it's still Wolfman's. Um, I thought that jam was really had a funky vibe. I really liked it. Um, I was sort of surprised with Esther as a song choice, so that was fun. 
Um, and of course, the ghost was crazy. I know a lot of people thought that might kick off this run. Um, so that was fun to see. Um, I wrote a little note. I was kind of keeping a set list and making notes. And I wrote next to it, insane. So. <laughs> yes. There you go. That's kind of I what I thought it, it was. But I, what, to whoever was just saying the point about the the time, it, it, the set wasn't that much longer than the Wednesday night set, but it just it ended, and you just had no, I had no idea what time it was. You could have told me it was, you know, whatever. You yeah, just lost in the music. I think a lot yeah, of I people like... first night were saying on the Twitter because that's what I look at when I'm couch touring. That after, as first set ended, we're like, that seems short. Yeah. Short. Oh, it felt I that way. Yeah. I didn't see that, mm-hmm. and it's t- last night, and it was about the same length, I think. Yeah. Was yeah. it really? That's crazy. Yeah. But crazy. I feel like there's two different kinds of shows. There's like the fish shows that you go to, where there's some really great moments and some super fun jamming, and like some interesting song selections, and you're kind of listening to the show in a way that you're thinking about the songs or you're thinking about that kind of stuff. And then there are shows that just transcend that, and you're just listening to the music and you're being taken on a journey. And that was last night. And I think that kicked off with Wolfman's. And to me, it was a journey back to 1997 and I was here for it. <laughs> Bring the funk. Awesome. The minute they started ripping that wolf, like funk and Wolfman's, my girlfriend and I, we both, we've met recently, my friend Nina, like in the last few years, but we both were seeing fish in the nineties and we're both just like 97 junkies. And so when that, yes, I see you, Mike. So when that stuff started ripping last night, we just looked at each other and we were like, okay, like it's on, it's on. And we just started dancing so hard. And the ghost just, well, first of all, that was also my first Esther. Which oh, is oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, also a special song. One of those songs that they just see you, Dave, that they don't play, you know, very often. And it's just, it's right. It's like old fish lore song. It's just like a harken back to a time. It's it's just magical. So I was super excited to see that. And then the ghost just absolutely tore the roof off. And that was one of those songs that had ended. And you know they didn't even want to get off that stage for set break. But yeah. they came back with a vengeance. I, I brought some stats because everyone here has either seen Esther only a few times or their first time last night. Um, somehow Esther has only been played 128 times, which kind of makes sense. It's a very creepy song and it's very challenging (laughs) to play. And you got to imagine at some point they were like, okay, let's take a break on this one. But I, I personally, I mean, I love it, but it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's out of their original compositions. It's like, if you're going to play that or Reba, it's, you know, you're probably going to play Reba. It's going to have a little bit more bang for its buck in some cases. Isn't there a show from 2000 where Trey, they play Esther and Esther's afterwards. He's like, okay. She's dead. Hold on, dead. hold on. <laughs> can I can I comment on that? Right. Yeah, yeah. That was Las Vegas, two thousand, yeah. and that was my first Esther. That was my introduction to Esther, and he basically forgot the words. He got to the end of the song, and she died. It's over. But I but think it, in that, I think uh, last night they they played Esther on Jimmy's night, and I think that might yep. have been my first one since i weirdly i think i've seen like five or six of these i don't know why i've got some weird stats um (laughs) they played one in merriweather like in 09 yep yep Yep. that was not a great show but that was sort of a highlight uh but yeah it never really comes out i think what you said about other choices you know last night when they were playing esther i was thinking maybe they're ready to play bowie again (laughs) that's the hope that's That's the hope Maybe tonight. Don't really, Don't really play me. guys. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but we but opener. the ghost, you know, to all your points about 
97 and, and like Wolfman's was completely in the pocket. And then when they play ghost, you know, the thing that is so interesting about this version and it's the, I, I saw them close the first set of Phoenix last year with ghost. And it's a very interesting spot for ghost because on, on the one hand, ghost is a jam vehicle. On the other hand, ghost is kind of this perfect song for a 12 minute go to a major and just like soar and just peak and everybody loses their mind. And this, along with the Phoenix version, kind of combined those two approaches. Like it was very, they were exploratory. There was a lot of diverse playing. They weren't staying in one lane, but they were driving towards this peak. And it was a well-earned peak. And we talked about it yesterday that like the Blazon kind of felt like, okay, we have to play Blazon on 420 because ha ha ha. Um, But we're going to play it. And then there wasn't like that energy wasn't totally found. And then in the ghost, this is totally, totally earned. And my notes on it was it was a hyper unique version that's aligned with most rock peak ghosts. Like at the end of the day, it's a rock peak ghost, but it was super unique. And I listened back this morning. I was like, oh, my God, this holds up so much better than I thought it would last night. I feel like it's going to be a highlight we're going to listen to throughout 2022. Yeah, that ending where Trey is just, you know, layering his uh, his uh, delays uh, was just was just sick i just really really love that and and you're right it's not one of those uh like early first set uh ghosts that kind of goes goes major is really groovy but you're out in 12 minutes and then uh or eight minutes or something uh they really i think they put, packed a lot into this even though sub 20 minute uh jam and i really I imagine being pretty yeah. psyched it's the set ended i yeah. really felt like they were gonna play tweezer after that ghost that pretty much mm-hmm. sort of sealed it for me because they were they were they were reprising in the jam. Um, yeah. There was some teasing of in the layering as you were talking about. Um, yeah. Anyone else have any final thoughts about set one before we jump into the second set here? This was a good set one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, I think I think it's still really crazy that last night set one and the night before set one were the same time because. Yeah. I, lost, I, lost, I lost total track of time during the set last night and it did not yeah. feel short. It actually felt like, felt like a really long set. Um, and it watching did. this show the night before my first thought was that was short. <laughs> so it's really interesting <laughs> just yeah. the, the perspective I think we can have. Time yeah. turns elastic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I could tell I from, from at home that, um, that was a great show. It was a great first set, and I need to get. I was on a bed bedtime duty last night with my son, and I was like, I need to get my son uh, asleep as soon as possible so I can be back here for the second set. And when that happens, you know that you're in a really good space because, um, you know, you're just like you're you're anxious even from the couch to get back home for the second set or get back to the couch for it. So we get this stunning. Choctaw's torture into tweezer that reminded me in a lot of cases of 8 7 2015 from Blossom. This smooth segue from Choctaw's into tweezer. Lucy, what's your show of that summer tour? That is your favorite show. That's a very good show. A great second set. Um, Lucy, what were your thoughts in the kind of early part of the second set, the Choctaw's tweezer 2001 maze segment? I'm, I'm shaking my head. It, I, they just sort of say similarly to the first set, but really with just sort of upping the energy a little bit. I think they just came out and, and played, you know, those few songs and it was just amazing. 
Um, I, I maintain that I hear heard it. I know you ride our teas during the chalk dust jam. Um, but other than that, I, I really thought it was like high energy and so much fun and just, you know, like looking around MSG and like the pure joy on virtually everybody's um, face was just really, really fun. Um, to see. And again, like totally lost sense of time and how long these songs were. And, you know, you look at it on, on Live Fish this morning and it's like, I really had no idea. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's interesting you describe it that way because it reminded me in some cases just like the placement and the way it was delivered, like like the Baker's Dozen Chalk Dust, yeah. which mm. has mm. like a very distinct I Know You Rider jam. And I had the exact same sentiment there with like, I spent the majority of that jam just looking around at the crowd and being like, everybody is here. Everybody is having the greatest time. And last night's shocked us like in that spot, second set opener on that night after the first set that they played to then deliver a jam like that. It was just, it was, it was heroic in a lot of cases. Plus the shock just kind of had a hood ending, didn't it? That's what I was hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kept kept singing the hood leads over the end of the chalk dust jam. And that's why I feel like they were sort of teasing a hood. Later yeah, on. teasing a hood, even a call back to like the like Baker's chalk dust double chocolate night. Correct. Actually, you late. know what? You mentioned that there was a sexy thing last night. Um, uh, oh. Quick tease in at the end of chalk. I swear to God, I remember thinking that sexy thing. Like Mike played boo doo boo doo boo. There was a quick little baseline reference, sort of similar to what happened later with Kung, where it was quickly referenced, mm. but then what was not played. Oh my god! I thought they were gonna play Kung. I was dying. I, was I did dying. too. I, was I wrote like three times in my notes: Kung, Kung, and like it happened like <laughs> so far enough apart that I was like, "Is he actually gonna do this?" Um, yeah, Chalk Dust was—I mean, it was brilliant. It was a multi-part jam. Every single segment felt like, of course, they're playing this after what they just played, and it's a whole new—you know—there's a modulation, you know, in it, and there's. We're in new keys and we're in like, you know, we go from major to minor and like everything felt like it just matched up. It was the kind of jam where like you almost if you didn't listen to enough fish, you would almost be convinced like they planned this backstage. Right. Like this is pre-written because it just it all flows together so well. But that's, you know, 40 years of playing together. The segue into tweezer, we get a relatively speaking short tweezer, but I don't think it's short in ideas. Um, Jonathan, what were your thoughts on this? Your pet tweezer. <laughs> Your pet tweezer. So there we I'm, go. I'm, I'm glad you said it because I I heard it and I heard it on and off the rest of the night. Um, and, and I'm looking over here at fish.net and guess what I don't see. Uh, oh. <laughs> but I want to I want to say about the the chalk dust. I thought the chalk dust had you know just that that pure clean guitar you guys were talking about in the first set. This is a great example of that in the jam here. <coughs> it's just beautiful. Um, Trey's just like singing crystal clear tone through some of that jam. was absolutely beautiful. And uh, yeah, I mean, this tweezer, it gets down. I, I had a lot of fun listening to this tweezer. I, I didn't, I don't take notes anymore. I just know that they were, they were playing hard. And even my wife was in here with me for a change. She's usually got something, anything better to do. Uh, but last night she hung out with me and, uh, and she enjoyed it. And, and yeah, the, your pet cat stuff, which you could hear. And I was like, are they going to do it? Are they, are they going to No, no, they're not really playing it. They're just, he played it, but they're not playing it. And then the right. 2001, 
same thing. It's like, okay, they're playing 2001. You could hear they drop into the beat. Everybody's playing 2001. Trey's like, or your pet cat. Oh my but God. No. But no. Like, and then they did it again. You know, they did a peak, and then he's like, I could, I could still do this, but no. And, but it was uh, amazing how he did it, though, because he was like bringing it in and then bringing it out and yep. then also like stretching those notes out at times. Like in a tweezer, he's like, Pulling those your pet cat notes well, out. They, a yeah, little he bit. started playing it like really, yeah. like really slow. Yeah, I mean it was magically so psychedelic when you start playing a fast thing really slow. Yes, really yeah. Yeah. Gets to you, and I love. He that. was really, really locked in last night. They were all like listening so well to each other, and I just felt like that whole segment through up to about to run. I didn't even know what was happening. Like I was existing on a different level. I, we were just dancing in this universe where like the music was better than it just kept being better. Like it was just, I really felt like they were really exploring in a way that was like, to your point earlier, Dave, like it was really effortless. Like it was like, they were playing with this like real strong intent and like really connected to each other, but also just like loose. And that's where you hear those kind of like self-referential ideas and like these teases that are then stretched out and brought back and, you know, how they ended the set by like going in between, you know, songs. And it, I just think there was so much freedom and elasticity to the playing. It was absolutely magical. This summer I saw Two Nights in Hershey and A Night in Atlantic City. That's the only fish I saw in 2021. I know I missed the whole fall tour. It's kind of devastating. So last night, second set was the best set of fish I've seen since 12, 30, 19. Like it was absolutely magical. And I was just really happy to be there and just that whole second set was everything was played so well but that first four song set like part of the set is just it's a must it's a classic the i'll keep this really short the tightness you alluded to when uh when you first picked up there was exactly what enabled maze to happen Mm -hmm. and Mm. so well they were they were just all dialed into one another and we got a good maze that might have been my favorite maze I've heard in a really long time. I'm not like a huge fan of that song, hearing it live. But last night I was like, "This is ripping. This is good. really good." Well played under the right circumstances. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think the playing was just so good, and that, for, especially that first half of the second set, that it's like it wouldn't have mattered what the song was. No. Exactly you know, right. like you yes. just were sort of like on the wavelength and just in it for the ride and. You know, whatever kind of dropped in would have been, you know, you weren't thinking about the structure of the set. You were just um, really kind of like took yourself away with it. I I really like that. That's like, for me, that is like what makes a show really exceptional. Yeah, totally. I think that's such a good point. And like the idea, like for me, my favorite shows I've been to, it really doesn't matter what the set list was. I'm almost not even thinking about what the songs are throughout it because every song seems to be the right pitch at the time the music that comes out of it is great the thing that i find really interesting about last night is those songs that are picked are huge fish songs you know we're talking in the first set we need a breather after the opening three songs we get the man who stepped into yesterday we're going to get a small breather composition after wolfman's we're going with esther we're going to not going to go chalk dust into whatever we're going chalk dust into tweezer and then we're going to play Maze in the middle of the second set. Only the third time since 2012 that we've had Maze in the second set. Yeah. After About to Run, we need a breather. We're going to play Mango Song. 
like this is like the time for like a <coughs> right. so Mango well. song is only oh. a breather for the audience. Yeah. Maybe. Well, like, no, no, no. Right. You're absolutely right. It's <laughs> very really. cool. totally. so, My point is like depending on who you are and how you we're gonna play like a, a song that's like a little bit of like a, a, a reset for the audience, but instead yeah. of like here's your standard. I'm 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 just gonna say this because it's the first song that's come to my mind. I love this song, but like you know, it's a slot for like a lonely trip where like everyone take a step back, relax. Yeah. But instead, we're gonna play Mango's song, like an like a classic older Fish song, and then we're gonna play Hood. And I mean, my point is, it didn't matter what they played last night. But even when it didn't matter, every song selection was like it happened to be just a huge selection in that moment, which is just really wild. It's 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 mm -hmm. a unique approach. So great. Guys, I have to interrupt for a minute because I have to jump off. I'm so sorry. This is not a conversation I want to get off of, but I have parent-teacher conferences with my kids. So Get to those parent-teacher conferences. Yeah, so you can go rage three sets tonight, Meg. You got to do yeah, it. Yeah, I got to adult. So um, I'll try to I'll try to send some, some good vibes your way. And it was so great to have all of you guys on. I really appreciate it. So thanks, everybody. Have a great Bye. show tonight. Bye, Meg. Yeah, you, you too. too. Bye, Meg. Mike, I think you 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 were gonna say something about the set list. Oh, I don't. Yeah, sorry. I think I lost my train of thought. Um, You're okay. Keep going. I'll, no, keep going. I'll, I'll come back. I'll just say something that we, we you and I were talking about before we went live, and I want to get everyone's thoughts on this. Um, I was thinking this morning when I was listening to this show that it kind of reminded me of like, do you remember in early 3.0 when a lot of shows they would have a lot of big fish songs but then there'd be seven or eight additional songs tacked in there so you'd get like a 25 song set and it felt like a recital in some cases and there wasn't a ton of jamming like last night felt to me like a fusion between their approach in early 3.0 where they were you know really focused on celebrating their catalog but also a lot of improvisation and and it felt like the best of what we've seen over the last couple of years with fish with the best of when they came back and, and that purity around their their catalog. I don't know if anyone else heard that or, or, or if, if you guys, what your guys' thoughts are on that. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the rotation they had in in Mexico most recently, as in there's mm -hmm. a big focus on getting the big heavy hitters, the big celebrations of fish on the table, less so. I mean, they played a song from Sci-Fi Soldier, kind of half-heartedly, but I mean, less Sci-Fi Soldier, less cast vote, less Lonely Trip, more of like the meat and potatoes Deep cuts. It's like deep yeah. cuts. I thought that uh, was pretty strong, by the way. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I'd have to go back. I was like eight minutes of kind of like Stevie Wonder Spunk, the howling. I was hoping. <laughs> Sign me I up. Was, I'd buy that record. <laughs> Good record. At first, I thought that was going to be Emotional Rescue. It had the same like beat. I got really excited. And then when they started yelling, I'm like, oh, this is Sci Fi Soldier? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might get egg in a hole tonight. I'd be very happy to get egg in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get back to Chicago. Got to get back to Chicago. Yeah, to get back. Um, if I may, just briefly, um, yeah, about that tweezer. Sometimes you get tweezers that are heavy. Sometimes you get ones that are funky, and sometimes you get ones that you just want to soak in, like a bathtub full of like your Dr. Teal's Epsom salts. That was last night. To me, that tweezer had like an all-encompassing warmth. He kind of held a note towards the end that felt like you're in this cocoon. There was like light blue lights on stage. It was very, very pretty, very comforting. I always talk about 
Hartford 2013 is the helping dog tweezer because that to me reminds you of one of those big golden retrievers that goes to children's hospitals for kids. But um, <laughs> last night was in the helping dog vein. So Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the Magnaball tweezer in a lot of cases. Just like it was a sunset tweezer. It just mm-hmm. yeah, the 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 warm embrace of tweezer. Uh, you, you felt it last night. It was great. So moving on to the last portion of the second set here. So we talked about we get mango. This is our quote unquote breather. But um, <laughs> as, as the musicians in the room have told me. It's not That's a, a hard song stage. to play. It's a, it's a hard, hard song. To play. I won't even. It's a hard key and complex. everything. <laughs> Very complex, but you know, I, it's too. it's got the airiness for the for the for the listeners out there. Um, those of us who are, uh, who are who are who are talking about fish and not actually playing fish, <laughs> we, we get to take a break, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but we close the set with hood, and then. What has to be one of the most interesting character zeros played in years, um, up yeah. there with the powdered knight twe- uh, character zero, because we get character zero, where the Jedi pedal comes back into it. We go into tweezer. We get a full on. It's only like ninety seconds on tape, but like when you're listening to it, you like it feels like they're back in a jam and a grooving, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then a very seamless segue back into character zero. Um, this to me. You know, Mike, you referenced 12-1-19. This kind of reminded me of 11-30-19. I think that was where, like, oh, the Providence were happening. Yep. Yeah, and, like, you know, just the setless gimmickry that happens with Fish from time to time where they've played so many of these songs so, so often. And, you know, at the end of the day, Character Zero is one of those songs that, like, to just play that in an arena filled with 20,000 people, you have to be just so high up at that point. Like you're just playing three chords and you're just rocking out. And for them to find a way into tweezer, it's such a unique fishy thing. Um, Lucy, what were your thoughts on this last part of the second set here? So I'm kind of a fan. I mean, I I love character zero. I always think that just sort of adds a a little extra bit to a a set. So I I actually was really happy to hear it. And I, I love the way it went into Tweezer and he's kind of didn't, I mean, I thought this was kind of true of the show in general. There was so many little teases here and there. You never were really sure where it was all going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of surprised to, you know, I thought maybe Character Zero wouldn't finish, um, but I liked it. I thought it was a, you know, really fun way, um, you know, to kind of bring the set around and, and come to an end. I noticed like everybody was out of glow sticks, which I've never seen a Character Zero without any glow sticks, <laughs> or, you know, not in a long time. So that, that I did kind of note, but then there seemed That's to a be a sign for yeah. trees or reprise <laughs> in the encore not to jump ahead. So I don't know what was up with that. Yeah, no, that's that's a it's a good sign when the the glow sticks have been used up before yes, the, end of the exactly. set. It's a sign that we've had a lot of time to throw. I I almost felt like Trey didn't get enough of his Hendrix tone and about to run, so he was going to play zero again. Mm. You know, later in a way, because uh, about to run seemed a little muted. It was great, but it it wasn't fully developed maybe um uh it was the only moment where i was like maybe that wasn't the right choice but it it was it was good but i you know he gets that hendrix sort of lead quality to his and, and the same thing sort of comes up in character zero and then i think they modulated to go back into tweezer and then came modulated back to zero and it was really great <laughs> and well i'm usually not a fan of that song 
I mean, I, I got so many first set closers in like 99 and 2000 where it's character zero, close the first set or second set. Um, and funny enough, the first one I ever saw was like in the two hole of a second set, like New Year's 98. Um, it was really yeah. a, a strange spot. And I think Tweezer followed it, um, uh, mm. interesting enough. But yeah, no, it's a similar vibe. Um, it was a really a fun little like sort of, I don't know. It's almost like the band playing a little inside joke on themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, us. I get that. I got yeah. that. I mean, you're you're not alone, Mike. I, I've known a lot of people who were just over zero from just how many times they saw it played in the late '90s. And oh, right. zero sets over. I can go. I'm going to run to the can before the line forms and all of that. It's I'm not one of those guys because I wasn't seeing that many shows through that era. Uh, right. I saw a lot in '99. Um, but so I, I've always liked the song. But I will say, I was sitting on the sofa and here last night, and the Harry Hood happens. It was amazing. Loved it. Character Zero. Okay. Well, I'll write it out. Like it was either that or go jump in the shower. I'll write it out. That's fine. So glad I did, um, because beautiful, beautiful work. And this, it would have been just my luck to, you know, get out of the shower, look at my phone, and gosh, shit. They played Tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> That 90 seconds was worth sitting through the entire character yeah. show, which is always 100%. fun anyways, but uh, that 90 seconds just like doubles the value. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like one of my first, so I'm, I'm, I'm a child of 2.0. My first show was, was February, 2003. My introduction to the band, my mom randomly got me a bittersweet motel for Christmas one year. And, um, I, I don't think she realized what she did when she, when she, when she go, oh, I think she does now 20 years later. But, um, I remember, you know, there's, there's that performance of character zero from, uh, the great went and like they, they do such a great editing buildup where like the guitar that goes into the peak is built up as they're showing these like still shots of people running into, uh, the great went and like running up to the stage and then Trey, screaming to the crowd of a hundred thousand people. And I always go back to that when I hear the song, like to me, I, I get it. It was played a lot in the late nineties. If you saw fish at that point, a lot, like you were hearing zeros, like every two or three shows. Mm. I, I just, I just love the fact that they have like a three chord song that they can rock out. Like this band that plays you enjoy myself has a song <laughs> like character zero as like a contrast <laughs> right. in a lot of cases. And to do that into tweezer and then to go back you know, so much has been discussed about Trey deciding to finish songs mid jam in the last two years. Everything's right is usually the victim of this where like, you know, down disease on night one of this run where like they go back into the conclusion of it. I was so confused. This, they did that. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the first night. Yeah, I thought it was a different song. Like, what right, is the it? Last time you heard the end of Down with Disease, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 1994. Um, I was listening to the Key Arena re release from 96, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, What's he saying? Like, for them to go from <laughs> one song into another song to close it and then to do it so seamlessly, like, I was just, I was loving that on the, on the couch. And, um, I That's was fine. curious how they were going to label it on Live Fish and on Fish.net, and I'm happy that they labeled it correctly as Character Zero into Tweezer into Character Zero. That's what it was. That's what it was. So this second set, I loved it from home. Yeah. It sounds like everyone who was there loved it as well. This was a good second set. Yeah. We get um, an encore 
I don't want to be blasphemous here. I feel like I say this every episode, but I don't want to be blasphemous here. But A Life Beyond the Dream, I get massive Jerry Ballad vibes from this song. Like late second set wow. Jerry Ballad vibes. Am I, am I, do you guys need to kick me off the show or does anyone agree with this? I hear more. I agree with it. It's Jerry, like it would it be coming out of space if you know it was in the Grateful Dead second set world. Um, that's yeah, what it's I like hear. in the maybe in the standing in the moon. Yeah, that's exactly. What I, hear. I, I get it. Like the lyrics are very earnest, but like I get this like very like rising, slowly rising peak out of it. Jonathan, you haven't said anything. What 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 do you thought? What are your thoughts? If drum space edited with Jerry standing alone, no instrument, a single spotlight on him, and he's singing straight out to the audience, you know, like Bez Dave says, Broadway. Sure. Um, I, I just don't <laughs> quite get that vibe that you're uh, leaning into, Brian. I want to say. I really like the song, though. It's, yeah. it's a great song. It's a beautiful song. And uh, I like everything off of Ghost of the Forest. It's really touching. We get that. It's a really good performance. Um, and then we get Tweez Reprise. And my thought was just there's no reason to store this for Saturday night. Just let everybody rage. This was a killer show. Let everybody go out just like with smiles on your face after Tweez Reprise and wanting two more nights of fish without the mystery of when are they going to drop the reprise. Yeah. It's nice of them to let everybody out of the freezer for the rest of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I kind of it was a good accent after, yeah. you know, I think um, a life beyond the dream would have been a little bit of like a slow ending to that and kind oh, of yeah. change the vibe on the way out. Whereas the tweezer reprise really kind of was more the punctuation to that second set and really that whole show. I was I almost, half expecting it to be like sleeping monkey tweezer reprise or contact <laughs> tweezer reprise. So I was uh, expecting first tube to be honest. I felt mm, like they could have kept the yeah. energy going, but maybe they want to hold that back for another night. I get it. So Saturday night. Yep. Saturday Saturday night we're gonna end up with a with a first tube. The hood, slave, and tweezer reprise are now off the table. Wow. Um, so this was a good show. This was a this was, I think, worthy of its original date uh, in the calendar, and it was worthy of the run that we were on. I want to go around the room here, starting with you, Jonathan, because you're right next to me. Recommend a jam from last night. What's your jam of the night? I, I think the chalk dust, but I've only ever heard any of it once, so uh, I may I reserve the right to change that by the end of the weekend. We're not holding anyone to this. There will All be right. no judgment if you change your mind. Lucy, how about you? What was your jam last night? I think it might have been the ghost. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Zero. I have the there uh, set list pulled up zero. on. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I would actually say I really love the ghost. And, um, you know, I, I did like the character zero, as I said, but probably um, that end of the first set jam really oh, yeah. was, as I said before, insane. I doubt was, there will be any wrong answers here. I don't think though. There, there were there were really good jams last night. Kevin, what was your jam last night? I would say the tweezer. I, <laughs> I, I shared Dave's uh, feeling of. I, I described it more as like a, a lazy Saturday morning, just curled up under the blankets, wanting to just stay in and sleep. And that's just how the tweezer felt to me. And it was wonderful. How about a lazy Saturday morning with a helping dog come in to uh, bring you a cup of coffee, just like there you go. That's it, right there. Is it a that's yellow dog? Tweezer. The yellow dog. Dave, what about what about you? Is it the tweezer or something else? Ghost. Yeah. Ghost. Ghost. Ghost is just take my brain out, splatter it all over MSG, then put it back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
give me my, give me my thoughts back at the end of it. Uh, Mike, how about you? I think I'm with you guys. I think it's between the ghost and the chalk dust. And, you know, just looking at the show, if you started listening to the show at ghost and then kicked into the second set, that's a crazy run of music. Right there. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but the, the chalk dust had some really incredible elements, like as did tweezer where they get into a nice bliss peak, maybe a little reference to the 1230 tweezer. Um, but I think the ghost was really the moment where, yes, as Dave said, splattered around the walls. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going ghost as well. Although, as I say it, I'm like that that effortlessness of the Choctaw's torture. I just I want to kind of <clears throat> I was listening to it this morning. I was just like, I just want to live in this jam. You know, like yeah. you get that vibe yeah. of like if I could live in a world where like everything felt like how this jam sounds, <clears throat> just like new ideas constantly very pleasant very calm very creative like that's that's the that's the space you want to be in but the ghost man that uh what a unique like insane version of it no better word insane Insane. um incredible incredible jamming does anyone have any ideas or any probably wrong predictions for what the gag will be tonight (laughs) I think they're going to mess with time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they're going to play Time Turns Elastic, but I did get a, you know, I got a great sticker last night of the Back to the Future. Like, um, I I need to look at it some more, but it actually, like, with the numbers, it sort of makes sense. (laughs) But uh, I kind of feel like they're going to do something with that, whether it's Elastic or not. I feel like they're going to mess with time. Maybe Time Turns Elastic because... They played it at Ninth Cube extremely yeah. well. You're right. Mm-hmm. And clearly, they rehearsed the hell out of that song. So that and might why, have been. Why do you rehearse it if you're not planning to do something with it? Right. It's an interesting I point. Mean, I hadn't thought about it like that's that. That's a good point. And that and was a really random did, bust out that night. Not only did they rehearse it, but like he even like, you know, he had to relearn to play it in standard. He because he used to keep a uh, keep a differently tuned guitar on stage. He has a great guitar it. for that one. Yeah, but he didn't for for the, the ninth cube. He pulled out huh. and just played it on his regular axe. So Brilliant. yeah, before the before the cancellations, I was sort of thinking it was going to be a evolve gag, uh, uh, but now it's just sort of like who knows. But I, they had it planned, so whatever it is, it's in the bag. You know, you could really play at the Passover angle and do the like ten plagues. That'd be, <laughs> that be sounds festive. A pretty big ask, but by the time they got to the <laughs> get to the firstborn and like fishman like falls from the stage. <laughs> awesome. I think we're going with that. That is the consensus choice yes. right now. Let's do that. Um, Old Testament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Lucy, Dave, Kevin, Mike, I want to thank you all for joining us here today. This was a ton of fun to recap the show. Um, by all accounts both from afar, both in the venue. It sounds like last night uh, to everyone that was there was an incredible show. I know I enjoyed it and it really held up on re-listen and I'm glad we were able to all dive deep into this. Thank you guys for your time here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice meeting you all. Take care. Thanks y'all. Yes, you as well. You guys go enjoy the 99 cent amazing pizza in New York City and go to <laughs> no. the Garden enjoy again. The These sound like weather. great things. I wish I could do that. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you guys. Have yourself a great day. All right. See you right. later. See you guys. Later. All right. All right. That was good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Good that was group. A good recap. Nice folks. That was fun.
Very nice. 89. Folks. God, it's nice to have somebody here who's seen shows before me. It's amazing. I'm, <laughs> that was awesome. I, we we, we got to dive deep with her because there have got to be some stories yeah, yeah. from 80s, early 90s fish when, like she said at the top, like being able to pay five bucks and just kind of shrug, I'm going to go and do this. That is such a different experience right. to this band than, you know. That's one of the reasons I've been loving our, our dives into the 90s, or like early 90s, like 1990 fish, is that like we're hearing just a band that wants it but isn't there yet. And how do they get there? And that's such a funny fun period yeah so we will be back tomorrow same time 1 p.m eastern to recap this massive three set show we have on tap two incredible guests we've got seth gordon lipkin who is on twitter at white collar wook and we have john bonanno who's on twitter i bet you're going to get this reference as ribs and whiskey which uh, I'm excited to talk with the two of them. I think we may have an appearance by Mr. RJB here tomorrow. That's That's been rumored. Um, to dive into the three-set New Year's Eve show, um, which it's so crazy to think back four months ago when we talked about the uh, 1231 show and just such a unique show it was. And the idea of, you know, you're in the middle of winter at that point. Omicron is going crazy. The idea that we'd be in like warm weather talking about fish at the garden in just over four months is kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of awesome. It's kind of awesome. Kind I'm of curious. Awesome. I, I, I hope to make it tomorrow. I will say I'm, I, I, I might I'll have to listen to the first set late because I'm going to leave the house and go see Jeffrey Alexander and the heavy litters tonight in DC. No way. Yeah. And uh, it's an outdoor show. Why not? It's gonna be good. Uh, then I'll listen to the rest of it on the car on the way home. Listen to fish in the car on the way home and all of that. I think if I can manage it, but uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I am too. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a vibe like we've probably never experienced at a fish show because you know, like a, a three set show in the garden. You know, it's gonna feel like New Year's. Oh yeah. But also, it's it's just it's a Friday. It's just a Friday night. I don't know. There there's there's balloons. so much about this. That's, That's all I know. I've got to Saying imagine there will be balloons. It's gonna be fun to watch. I'm gonna have a fire outside tonight, and I'm gonna be watching this. I'm really stoked about that. Ordering Sweet. some pizza for the show. You know, we're just gonna throw a little New Year's Eve party. But um, we want to remind you all that we are sponsored by Sunset Lake CBD. Jonathan, do you want to tell us about Sunset Lake again? You know, I'd love to. Um, Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located just outside of Burlington, Vermont. For years, Sunset Lake was a dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream, and in 2019, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. Sunset Lake CBD embraces Vermont's tradition for land stewardship by using sustainable and regenerative farming techniques to build and protect healthy soils. They are 100% pesticide-free. They use minimal tillage and implement cover crops and crop rotations. They also serve as a research farm for University of Vermont agronomists to study hemp and inform best industry practices. I uh, have talked about it before, but I will once again. I am a big fan of their hemp salve, uh, which I use on my hands to, you know, relieve discomfort from my arthritis. Uh, and it is just a great, 
It's a great product. You can check them out and all of their great products at sunsetlakecbd.com. Please use the coupon code HFPOD. You will get 20% off all products from Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. We are also sponsored today by Cash or Trade, the only secondary ticketing marketplace where fans can buy, sell, and trade tickets at face value. What a concept. What a concept. Fans are able to DM each other before, during, and after transactions, and you can rate and review each other when a transaction is complete so that future sellers and buyers know that they're working with an honest broker here. There's no added fees to selling your tickets. All sales are fully protected by Cash or Trade's trader protection policy, which guarantees your money back if anything goes wrong. And users can avoid purchase fees with a gold membership subscription. Please visit cashortrade.org to use their service and to and to learn more. And with that, Jonathan, it Ryan. is always, always, always a pleasure talking with you about fish. And I want to give one last shout out here. We got an awesome comment here from Timothy. Megan is such a jewel and a sweetheart. So glad she's a regular now. We feel the same way. Megan yeah, is awesome, awesome. And seeing her like beaming coming out of these shows, it's the best. Cause you know, we've had like six months of talking with her about fish and getting her like reaction to things and having her like live in the moment like feeling it from the fish shows it's yeah. it's a it's a great thing to see yeah it's so, a lot of fun she's she's really a great addition to the team so happy yeah, we've her. had we've had a ton of fun and we thank you all for listening and for hanging with us um we will be back again tomorrow 1 p.m eastern with a, another group of people who were at the show last night or the show tonight i should say time really is turning elastic huh um oh. to talk through fishes April 2022 New Year's show. See y'all. Bye. Hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. 
For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.